Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How are you? What have you been up to? I'm good, thank you. Um, my parents are here, so it's yeah. been really, really fun. Yeah, the last week or so, kind of showing them around Melbourne and where we live. And it's been so nice to see them because it's been, what, five, five months, six months, which is pretty much the longest I've ever gone without seeing my parents, which might not sound that long to some people, but... For me, it's, it's a long time. Yeah, it's like I'm pretty close with my parents. Like it's a very long time, and so it's very emotional when I left, especially for mum. So when I saw mum, because mum and dad met me at the airport when I came back from my conference last week, and um, predictably, me and mum both cried. So that was great. <laughs> but no, it's been really fun, like showing them round, and um, we did a free walking tour in Melbourne last weekend, which is really nice because we've not done anything like that here like because we arrived straight away and we're looking for jobs and houses it was like we just were straight in at the deep end and we didn't do any of that kind of touristy learning about the city stuff so it was actually really nice to do that with them and learn lots of interesting facts about Melbourne so that was that's the thing isn't it when you live somewhere you don't always do the touristy stuff and you don't get to know the town very well yeah, exactly. And so I'm really glad that we did that. And the weather was perfect for them. I mean, it's been a bit rubbish this week, but last weekend when they arrived, it was great. So couldn't have wished for it to be better, which was nice. But um, what about you? What have you been up to? This past couple of weeks have just felt absolutely crazy, like so intense. But there is some light at the end of the tunnel because we finally got some good news about Alex's job. So we will Yay. finally be moving together in a few months' time, and we're so excited. Um, oh, I'm so excited for you guys. It's, so, so, it's so bizarre. Like, it's been such a long time coming. If any of you guys have listened to our long-distance relationship episode, you'll know how long it's been, and it has been a long time. Um, so it's just really nice that we're, we're turning a corner and we're getting somewhere. And now I'm just spending half my life on right move. I mean, we don't move till the summer, but I just want to see what's out there and get an idea for things. So it's really exciting. And I'm pretty sure that's how I'm going to spend my entire weekend because, frankly, this week has been exhausting. I feel like I need to take some time and just relax a bit. Yeah, sometimes you need those weekends to just switch off and do nothing. Like you need to recuperate, especially if you've had like such an emotional roller coaster of a week as well oh yeah emotionally like mentally it's like it's been busy and draining physically and mentally but emotionally it's been so draining and I think um I think that's why I'm like right I'm just gonna have a chilled weekend I'm seeing friends tomorrow and then I'm just gonna hopefully get outside into the sun and just have a nice weekend so I'm very excited about that (laughs) oh that sounds good um do we want to move on to some recommendations for this week I do have some recommendations, but following on from our um, How You Can Make a Difference episode a couple of weeks ago, we have actually had a couple of listeners get in touch um, with recommendations for other things we can all do to make a difference. So I just wanted to share those quickly. Um, the first is from Flavia, and it's a initiative on planting trees because planting trees is one of the best ways to offset carbon and obviously it's really good for future proofing as well and then the second is from Lauren and it's a bra recycling scheme and it's a really cool concept where you know you take your old bras because bras are typically quite difficult to recycle when you think there's plastic metal fabric like there's a lot to a bra um but you can take them they can recycle them or they can um pass them on to other charities and projects in other parts of the world 
so women have access to good underwear. So we'll leave in the show notes like all the details of these and like similar projects if you want to support them. But I thought it'd be really nice to share those first. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for getting in touch, guys. And again, obviously, if anyone else has any recommendations like that for any of our topics, we always love to hear from them and we'll share them here as well so other people can learn about them and find out more. Definitely. So do you want to share your first recommendation now? Yeah, so my first recommendation this week is slightly different. And if anyone knows me, they'll know that I'm not particularly precious about my hair. Not really. I don't like getting my hair cut. I don't do it regularly. I just don't probably don't pay enough attention. But I have come across um, an Instagram account, which is Jasmine Ray Hair Company. And this woman is she's based in Idaho in the US. And she's a hairdresser but her her main focus is training your hair and she has the most gorgeous like luscious long thick hair it's like halfway down her back but it's like the healthiest looking hair I've ever seen in my life and basically her Instagram is teaching people who are perhaps trying to grow their hair out or grow it stronger or grow it thicker how to train your hair and how to treat your hair to make that happen She's like, you don't need, she's like, you do need products, but you don't need fancy products. You don't need to be spending hundreds and hundreds at the hairdressers every six weeks. She gives on her profile where the highlights are. If you scroll across, there's, um, there's guides on how to wash your hair properly. Um, there's hair training guides, there's grow it out information and like all of her recommended products, um, hot brush techniques, hair curling techniques, how to, um, how to treat your hair after you've been to the gym if you don't have time to wash it. There's like issues with uh, like scalp issues, static hair, sleep hair, like curly hair, straight hair, everything. She has so much information. She's like a huge resource for hair. And her basically her idea is you need to be increasing like the oils that are coming from your head naturally to train your hair. And rather than just thinking, oh, it's greasy, I'll wash it those oils are what's going to help it grow stronger and thicker. She usually goes 10 to 18 days without having to wash her hair. And the longest, yeah. And the longest she's gone is 33 days. She was like, that was a little bit gross, but it still looked oh amazing. God. Yeah. Honestly, it is fascinating. And you know, I don't usually care about hair that much. I was watching all of her highlights and her stories, her IGTV. Like I went down the rabbit hole with this. It's so, so interesting. And because I'm trying to grow my hair out, but it's just not happening. It's been such a helpful resource, even just how you should be washing your hair properly. Apparently I was making a lot of mistakes. So (laughs) I'm going to check that out because I didn't realise till relatively recently you're meant to shampoo twice. That You know, when they say lather, rinse, repeat, you're actually meant to repeat it. Like the first one's to get rid of loads of like hairspray, like dry shampoo, all of that kind of thing. And the second wash is where you actually clean your scalp and clean your hair. It's like double cleansing your skin. Well, so this is what I learned from her. I didn't realise she was like, shampoo is not to clean your hair. Shampoo is to clean your scalp. She was like, you shouldn't be using shampoo on the lengths of your hair. You should be using it. She's like, why do you think they scrub your scalp so much with at the hairdressers? She's like, that's it's your scalp that needs cleaning because that's where the dirt and oils are coming from. It's yeah. not like the lengths of your hair. She's like, just run it the soap through your hair quickly at the end, which it will do anyway when you're rinsing it out. It's, it's your scalp you should be focusing on. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> that's so cool. I'm going to check that out because I'm desperate to grow my hair, but my hair takes so long to grow. And 
it gets so thin as well. So I just, I'd love to, to grow better hair. I'm going to go check her out. Yeah, it's really interesting, even for someone like me who's not a big hair person. But anyway, what's your recommendation for this week? So my first one is an article that was on the Huffington Post. It was actually on there a couple of weeks ago, but I saved it in my pocket app. Big fan Yay. of the pocket app. Um, and I just wanted to share it because I think it's really relevant to now. Um, and I think it's just a really interesting discussion and definitely something that I've not really been very aware of kind of the truth in of, in the past. The title of the article is, Is Vegan Leather Actually Sustainable? Here's the truth about the trend. So it basically goes into detail about vegan leather um, and whether it is better, because there's quite a debate about whether or not it's better. I think if you take the ethical side of it out, and like personally, I don't shop new leather, but that's an ethical thing more so than a sustainability thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the argument's like, well, are you better to shop leather which will last longer and be more durable or just like add more plastic to the world but it's a really interesting article because it goes into detail about like the differences and the nuances between the term vegan leather and there's a difference between something just being plastic and marketed as vegan leather and something like Pinetex which is made from pineapple cellulose I think it is which yeah, it's really cool but it and there's some you can get from apple skins as well now but obviously that's very different to just creating more plastic and the problems that come alongside that. And it also looks at the argument of whether you should just be buying secondhand leather rather than new fake leather um, and all of that kind of thing. And that's something this year I made the decision not to buy any new leather. Yeah, it's just something I decided to try and do a bit more at the beginning of the year. But when you, I think when you start on that, you suddenly think, oh God, have I made the right decision? Because vegan leather is problematic and everything's pretty much problematic in our world but I found the article really useful um, and I feel a lot more informed so I'll leave it linked in case anyone else is just interested full stop or whether like me they're just trying to make some different choices yeah I definitely don't know enough about all of that I don't I think I don't don't really buy leather anyway just just because I don't tend to buy leather items or products that much but I definitely don't know enough about that so I need to check that out yeah, it was really informative, but it felt quite accessible as well. Like, I didn't feel like I was being told off, which I think is always really important. No one yeah. wants to be told off. <laughs> yeah, very true. Oh, what's your next recommendation? Um, my second recommendation is actually linked to this week's topic, and it's an app which is, it's only, well, the app I think is available anywhere on iOS and Android, but the, the perks that you get from it are only available in the UK and Norway. So sorry, everywhere else. I mean, I've also shot myself in the foot with this because I can't actually use it here in Australia. But when I heard about it, I had to share it. It's called the Hold app. And Ooh. basically, it's an app that you activate to stop using your phone when you want to be productive. Um, helps you focus on your task, your activity at hand, whatever it is. And basically, it rewards you for not using your phone. So once you put your phone on hold with this hold app, you earn points and they convert into rewards. So that can be anything from like popcorn at the cinema to cinema tickets to like, I don't know, free dessert at a restaurant or 
something like that. And it's been featured in like The Guardian and on The Independent and The Huffington Post, BBC. Like it's it's really catching on. And obviously, as more companies hear about it, they're enrolling to get their products and their companies on the rewards. But it's a very nice if you struggle with um, kind of procrastinating and endless scrolling when you should be doing stuff. It's a really nice way to kind of reward yourself with something tangible so you can see that you're actually gaining something something from the time that you're spending not on your screen I love that idea I think I know there's the argument of oh we shouldn't have to be bribed to not spend time on our phones but I think for so many of us it's become such an ingrained habit to just pick up your phone and scroll that you almost need to retrain yourself there and that's quite a nice way to do it because it reminds you to kind of keep accountable to not using your phone yeah, definitely. I think it's such a good way to do it because we are we are all kind of addicted to our phones, really. And it is, I know even for me, and I, I know that I'm a pretty kind of organised person generally, not too to my own horn, but like if I need to get something done, I get it done. But even then, I'll pick up my phone and then suddenly 20, 25 minutes later, I've been scrolling and I've wasted all that time. So I think no. when you actually, even just act, the act of activating an app on your phone, wow, that was a lot of A's, um but even just activating that it's a very conscious decision that okay I'm not going to use my phone for this set amount of time and then you can see yourself kind of reaping the benefits from that and I guess as well the more you do it the more that becomes like it becomes second nature to then not have to rely on the app to do it you just become a bit more self-aware of how much you're having to rely on the app does that make sense that sounds like a really cool idea I'm definitely going to download that Awesome. Um, what's your second recommendation? So I was trying to remember whether or not I've recommended this before, and I don't think I have, but I think it has come up in conversation in the past. Um, but the reason I'm recommending it now is because the podcast is back, and it's the Fringe of It podcast by Liv Purvis and Charlotte Jacklin. And I absolutely love this podcast. It's really it's what I would call a cosy podcast. Like They recommend <laughs> really brilliant TV shows, books, films, podcasts articles and in previous seasons they've kind of discussed the topic as well um and it's just a really lovely podcast to listen to they've they took a break for about six or seven months I think because they were both getting married and had a lot going on um and now they're back and you know sometimes you don't realize how much you miss something till it's back in your life and I'm like oh (laughs) I just love it like it's such a cozy podcast and it comes out on a Thursday and I just absolutely love it and I would highly recommend both of their Instagrams, just really happy places as well. So if you're looking for something new to listen to, I'd highly recommend. I am actually looking for something new to listen to on my commute. So I will definitely check that out because I've never listened to the Fringe of It before. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's really nice. And I think it will make you feel like it's quite British cosy. Like there's a lot of talk of Paddington and Marks <laughs> and Spencer food and all of those kinds of things like the seaside and stuff like that so I feel like you'll really like it oh I love that okay yeah I will listen to it this week definitely cool shall we move on to this week's topic so this week's episode we wanted to talk about productivity and I think especially looking at those habits around productivity because when we did an episode on organization that was a very popular episode and we got a lot of great feedback especially about the tips that we shared to increase your organization so we wanted to revisit that topic and have a little bit of a deeper look at some of the habits that we have whether good or bad 
and identifying those bad habits and reinforcing those positive ones in order to increase your overall productivity on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I feel like we're both, generally speaking, quite productive people, but I always think there's room for improvement. I definitely catch myself sometimes scrolling or maybe just not doing a task as efficiently or quickly as I could. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh, this is taking me an hour. I probably could have done it in like 45 minutes. So I think it's been nice to go through some of our tips, some of the good habits we have and how we've kind of built those into our everyday routines. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're starting with looking at those good habits to increase your productivity, it's it's so important to identify and know what those habits are because without them, I mean, you're not starting on the right foot in the first place. So even from just making a to-do list, it's such a basic one, but I'll always try and make a to-do list the night before or first, if I'm going into work, I'll do it at 4.45 the day before or I'll do it first thing in the morning when I get in so I know exactly what my priorities are and my tasks are for the day. Yeah, that's like I my routine when I get in is I get in, turn on my laptop, check for any urgent emails so I can go back to those straight away. But then I like to just sit down with my cup of tea and or my coffee and just go through what my list is and like write on anything else that's come in overnight because it just means you know that from the start of your day you're kicking things off from the right foot and you can if you know you've got like loads of meetings all afternoon, you're getting a good view on what you actually need to achieve that day straight away. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, what you just said, because it's made me realise that I do something that if you have things to do or you're working out what your tasks are for the day, it doesn't have to be something that's punishing. So you just said that like, you sit down with your cup of tea and I've realised I do something similar. Like when I go into work, I'll turn on the computer, check for anything urgent and pick those up or respond to anything that needs like urgently needs doing. And then when I get to like figuring out the rest of my tasks and priorities for the day, any meetings, etc., I'll go and get a cup of tea. And that's because I enjoy drinking a cup of tea and it's like a nice, almost like a reward. Okay, this is my time to just figure out myself what I'm doing today. Enjoy a cup of tea before I get started on this list. I think that's actually really important to kind of reinforce enjoying those good habits if that makes sense definitely I find that if I'm up and it's like it's not even just when I'm at work but for example like if I'm up on the weekend I'm like oh I know I'm going out this afternoon but I've got a blog post to get up and I've got to edit the podcast and get that over to you if I get up at 7am and I like I'm like right I've got to start straight away I kind of go into it with quite like a stressed energy whereas if I actually take those 10 minutes to calmly look at what I've got to do and when I can do it I think having that kind of calm and measured approach to it makes you more productive and it might seem counterproductive to begin with because you're like well why wouldn't I just get started on what I need to do why waste 10-15 minutes making a cup of tea and relaxing but actually I find if I clear my head a bit and I just like take the time to actually focus the rest of my day just feels that bit more productive. Yeah no absolutely it is like that I always think this is such a good an- analogy, but the tidy desk, tidy mind thing. And I mm. almost think it works the opposite way for me. If my mind is cluttered, like, oh my God, I have to do this and that. And oh, I've got that coming up in a meeting this afternoon. And oh, I said that I'd send this to... If I've got all of those thoughts racing around in my head, I'm not going to be productive. If I s- feel like that at 8am and I try and sit down and work, I'm not going to be productive or efficient at all. I'm better yeah. off sitting down 
time blocking my day, like writing that to-do list, figuring out all of those thoughts in my head, getting them down on paper so I know that they're there, I'm not going to forget anything, and then time blocking my day so I know that I've got two hours scheduled for this task or this one's going to take much less time. It's a quick win. I'll schedule that in for 20 minutes. If I can get those kind of time blocks scheduled throughout my day, then I start my day with a tidy mind and then I'm a lot more effective. Yeah, I love time blocking. I never used to do it. or I think maybe I did do it, but didn't realise I was doing it. Um, yeah. It's basically, if you're, not, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with it, at the start of the day, you can do it at any point in your day, but I like to do it at the start of the day. I basically go through my diary and like, what are my tasks? How long will it take me to do them? And slot them in. And I just think it, then in your mind, you know that you've accounted for that task at some point in the day and you don't have to sit there going, oh my God, when am I going to, when am I going to review this email or when am I going to get those numbers to so-and-so? Because you're like, okay, I know I have to do that, but it's already in my diary. So they used to have to do the task, you'd have to worry about remembering to do it. I just yeah. think it makes, it makes you so much more productive because the other side of it, for me, like if I've got an hour to do something, it will take me an hour. If I give myself 45 minutes... I will get it done in 45 minutes and you can just shave off that time where maybe you start scrolling or you start kind of get distracted on another task that isn't as important or you get caught up in your inbox on emails that don't need to be responded to immediately. I think if you can dedicate the time to it and you kind of have those clear almost rules in your head, it's easier to concentrate. Yeah, and also I think it's a good way to identify if a certain task does take you more or or less time because obviously there are things that sometimes they do just take longer or sometimes something's done much quicker but if you consistently find that there's a task that you set two hours for and it always takes you two and a half or it always takes you three I think like that's not a reflection on you and and procrastinating necessarily maybe that means okay it takes longer you need to adjust your time block so you're allowing three hours for this task. Or the reverse, if you're getting it done quicker, make sure you give yourself less time, like you said, because you can get it done in 45 minutes rather than in an hour. I think time blocking just helps you be more aware of kind of your own work patterns and how long it takes you to do things and how efficient you can be. I think that's such an important thing with productivity as well, is understanding your own work patterns. Like, I know... And that first thing in the morning is when I'm better at like knocking all of those relatively quick admin tasks out the park and getting those done. And the afternoon is when I would rather sit down maybe for an hour or two and concentrate on a bigger task and like think about bigger things. And I think once you kind of work out what works best for you, you can play to that. If I do it the other way around, I'll get distracted doing the big task and it will take me longer to do all of those little tasks and all day I'll be worrying about them, which just means you're just distracted the whole day. Yeah, and I think also those smaller tasks, they're actually, I don't know, maybe this is kind of leaning more towards a tip, but I always think those small tasks are really beneficial to do first thing in the morning because they're like small wins and yeah. it's it's that kind of feeling of satisfaction you get. Yes, it's only a task that's maybe taking you five or ten minutes, but you've ticked something off the list you should be like happy with yourself and your efficiency that you've got it done. And you get that feel good sensation of, oh, I'm ticking things off my to-do list. And those small wins, I feel like are so important, especially for me, for setting up how I like kind of 
picture my own productivity in a day. The more things I'm ticking off at the start, I'm like, great, I'm on it for a good day today. So kind of going on from that, another thing I do, and it's kind of linked to time blocking, is diarising important events. Because I think when you have loads of stuff going on, and like those little admin tasks, it's really easy to just drop the ball on one or two of them because you're a human being. So things that I, like, are a real priority... But the, and I have to do regularly, but might not be like an every day that I can just put in to always dedicate a certain amount of time to, I put in my diary. So maybe it's sending numbers across to a certain person, or maybe it's um, putting time in the diary so I can review all of my emails I've got to send or whatever it is. And having that in my diary every single day. So at 4pm when it pops up, I can go, actually, I don't need to do that today because it's not something that's relevant today, but I know that every single day it's in my diary. So I don't have to sit there thinking, must remember to do that, must remember to do that, must remember to do that. And I find it helps so much with just like keeping, like keeping up to date with all those little tasks like that. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. I'll put those small little tasks, even if it's just like checking the post. I have that in my diary to do at 10.30 because I know I need to go and check the post. So it's not something that, if I got to 2pm and people haven't got any post I'm like oh my god I've dropped the ball on that whereas no the reminder goes off in my inbox to go and check the post room for our team that's that's fine now no one else has to worry about doing it I've I've picked that up and it's all good and I mean I think people at work think I'm a little bit funny but I use those red flags on Outlook so so much because I have so much follow-up to do and there's a lot of tasks that in my job and in my old job actually that they, then they don't happen instantly and I really struggle with that yeah. because I like to be productive and I like something to be resolved straight away a lot of the time like it's real life that's not possible so I use those little red follow-up flags I set a date and I set a time and I set for a reminder to pop up then I either if it's something urgent for that day I'll leave it in my inbox if not, I will file it away in my inbox because I know that reminder is going to pop up in three days time for me to follow up on it or for me to kind of finish off the task, whatever it is that needs doing. And I think, again, it goes back to that tidy mind kind of thing. I cannot deal with like a huge inbox. If there's things in there that I'm not needing to focus on on that day, it doesn't need to be in my main inbox. It can be filed away with a reminder for in two or three days time. I think figuring out things like that, that like technology has so much, like so many little things to help you, like figure out what works for you. And if a tidy inbox is what helps me, then using those follow-up flags is really, really useful. I don't use the follow-up flags. I'm going to start doing that because my, the thing I do is when I see my inbox, if it's something I need to action or follow up on, I leave it as unread because then I'll see it and I'll be like right I must do this even if I've read the email and know what I have to do it just stays unread till I finish it but I definitely can fall into that thing of having a lot of unread emails in my inbox because then I'm like I've got like x number of emails that say unread and that's quite stressful so I'm going to start using those because yeah because I I used to do that with the unread thing and it just used to stress me out because I used to worry that I'd missed an actual unread email in the sea of unread emails that I'd left marked so then that's what and then because I just have the to-do list on the right hand side of this is going into way too much detail but I have the (laughs) task list on the right hand side of my outlook and then I can just see the list of all the flagged stuff that's upcoming 
that day, then it tells you this week, then it tells you next week. So you can see everything that you have to do, but it's split off by time. So I'm like, right, I only have to worry about the ones that are going to be popping up today. So that's that's fine. I'm definitely going to start doing that because I feel like that will make my life so much calmer and my inbox looks so much better. But I think it's also good to like think about the habits to break when you're wanting to be more positive because I think we really quickly assume you have to start doing stuff, but sometimes it's stopping doing things like staying up late and I don't know whether it's just you're up really late or whether you're watching Netflix or whatever it is that just makes you tired for the next day and you're just kind of mindlessly doing something and I'm not saying like don't chill out and watch Netflix or Amazon or whatever but I think sometimes we can all get into that trap where we're spending more time than we should and it isn't necessarily the best use of our time. Yeah, I think I've always been guilty of saying, oh, I can survive on lack of sleep. I've always been good with maybe five hours. That's not true. Like I can, no, fun- I can function on five hours, but I'm not at my most efficient. And like this past kind of couple of weeks with work and the conferences and my parents being here, and I could, you know, when you start to get a scratchy throat and you can feel yourself getting a bit ill, yeah. I could feel that at the end of last week and I was like no I have to take action on this now for three days in a row I slept for like eight hours I went to bed at 10 30 and I slept right through until my alarm I was like oh my god I can't remember the last time I've done this and lo and behold the scratchy throat went away I mean I realize we're talking about productivity and not health and well-being but I think being able to get all of that sleep and then realizing how much better I felt how much more productive I was at work it's actually so true that getting more sleep is beneficial for you as much as I I I don't know why I've always been so in denial about it they actually had a stat at the conference that um because we had like a high performance sports coach come in and do a session actually on like high performance and productivity it was like sport orientated about how you can take some of those tips into the office and um, someone asked the question and said, what, because he's a, he's a doctor as well, this sports, high-performance sports coach, coach person. Um, and someone actually said, what is the actual research on sleep? What is the right amount? And this guy said, there's no right or wrong amount. Obviously, it depends for everyone. But there is scientific evidence to back up that if you are consistently getting less than, than seven hours sleep a night, you are doing more harm to your body than good. And I was like, seven hours? Like, my God, I don't often get seven. I need to get um, better at that. Yeah, I heard that stat a couple of years ago, I think it was. I was listening, I think it was on like a Dr. Chatterjee podcast, and he was talking about the importance of sleep. So I think we're all very quick to dismiss it. But actually, if you're not getting enough sleep, you're never going to be as productive as you could be. And I think sometimes you go, oh, well, actually, if I get up an hour earlier, I can get more done. Sometimes you're better having the hours sleep and being more refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think similarly to the kind of what staying up late, watching Netflix, not getting enough sleep is scrolling. Like I think if we're all honest about how much time we spend in a day scrolling, it's quite shocking. I've got the um, like screen management things turned on on my phone and you can turn them on on Android. So I'm pretty sure you can on iPhones as well. And it basically comes up telling me when I've used my allotted hour of Instagram in a day. And some days it's fine, like it gets like 8, 9pm and that warning hasn't come up yet. Some days it comes up much sooner than I'd like to admit. And it makes you realise like the minutes and minutes that you waste, like scrolling through and 
how you could, even if you're not using those minutes like on a task that you're working on, you're going to be more productive getting up from your desk, walking and making a cup of tea or going to the toilet and clearing your mind a bit than you are just mindlessly scrolling. And I just think we can all, that's like such a, I say easy thing. I guess like with the apps you were talking about, it is a bit easier, but it's quite like an accessible thing for us all to start being a bit more mindful of. Yeah, I think I'm definitely really, really guilty of it. And it's everyone needs a bit of downtime. You should be taking a bit of a break, especially in between like big tasks or big meetings. But I think if you've gone from looking at your computer screen to then looking at your phone screen, that's not actually having a break. What you need to yeah. be doing is moving around and kind of very technical you're supposed to like change your eye focus I think you're supposed to change like the distances that you're looking at and the type of like objects that you're focusing on to give your eyes a break throughout the day and if I'm swapping from looking at my computer screen to looking at my phone screen I'm not actually giving myself a break and I'm not kind of getting my body moving I'm I've literally changed changed nothing I'm just looking at my phone screen so now I try and even it works the same on lunch breaks as well like not just sitting in the office, eating your lunch and looking at your phone. Like I always try and get out even just for a 10 or 15 minute walk just to get some fresh air and a change of scenery. And I do feel so much more refreshed and productive when I come back from that. Yeah, it makes such a difference. Um, And I think the other thing as well, I've kind of already mentioned it with the whole tidy mind thing, but I think being aware of distractions in your workplace, whether that is in the office, whether that's at home, wherever you are, if you know that there's certain things or people around you who are not conducive to you getting work done, then it can be hard, but you do need to acknowledge that and probably do something about it. Like perhaps you have someone at work who you really like them, but you know, if you sit next to them, you're going to spend half the day chatting and that's, you're just not going to be productive. You can try as much as you want, but you're not going to be. And I think having a clear desk, having everything where you need to, working in a place that's not going to have those distractions for you is so important. And it can be really hard to identify that, especially if it's friends at work or people at home that obviously if you're like living with friends or a partner and you want to spend time with them, but at the same time, if you have work to do during the day, that's, you need to think about having a quiet space without distractions. Totally. I think that's a big thing for me. Like I get distracted so easily that I sometimes have to take myself off. And I'm like really lucky that my office is all hot desking. So I don't have an assigned seat I have to sit in. But in mm. the past jobs where I've had to sit in my assigned seat and I couldn't just like go and find somewhere quiet, I found like plugging in my headphones, even if I don't listen to anything, just plugging them in means that people stop talking to you. Yeah, And it's not rude or anything like that. Like you can say that, oh, so I'm just going to plug in because I've, I've got some bits to do. And it really helps me to just zone in on what I actually have in like have in hand. Yeah. And I think if you know that that is like a problem that you have with getting distracted, like my office has focus rooms and you don't need to book them out or anything. If you just need to go and focus, you go and sit in them and it's just like a soundproofed room that you can go and spend some time in if you really need to focus on a task. And I think I'm not saying every office needs to have focus rooms, but if you kind of identified that that's maybe a bad habit that you have of getting distracted and people around you maybe don't make it easy for you, just 
you need to find a solution. Like you said, hot desking, you can move. Or if you need to go and talk to your manager about using a meeting room for a couple of hours to get a task done, how happy would your manager be if you were like, I want to focus on something for two hours. Can I please book a room out? Like, they're not going to say no to that. Like, they're going to be like, awesome, great, really pleased that you're being productive and getting things done. Like, it's not a bad thing at all. I totally agree. Like, I mean, if I needed someone to do something and they said that to me, I'd be over the bloody moon. I'd be like, yeah, sure. What else can I do to help? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Do we want to move on to just maybe a few tips? I know people found the tips on organisation really helpful. So obviously we've shared a few already, but just sharing a few more tips and habits to increase our productivity. I think a big one for me, and this, this this is kind of linking to all of the tips we've already shared, is when you're looking at what habits you want to take on, tack your habit onto an existing habit and it makes it so much easier to stick to. So like I was saying, oh, every morning I go in and get my coffee and that's when I do my to-do list. I'm going to get my coffee regardless of whether or not I do my to-do list. But by tacking on doing my to-do list with that, yeah. it becomes second nature. And you can obviously, wherever, like whatever you do, like, I like for example I always take my contraceptive yeah. as I get into bed so every night like it's part of a routine so now I don't even have to think twice about it and it means that if you kind of lose that motivation or you're having a bit of a rubbish day or maybe things are really really busy because it's such an ingrained habit already you just do it without even thinking you don't have to think oh god I've got to dedicate that time and I've just found that to be such a beneficial thing when it comes to productivity it's like tacking something onto an existing routine Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. Obviously, we've spoken about routines before, and this is a really good way to kind of incorporate your productivity into that. And I think another thing, obviously, I've already spoken about small wins and kind of scheduling those into your day to feel productive and kind of really get the ball rolling at the start of the day. But I think it's also really important to keep your to-do list focused and achievable because, I was definitely guilty of writing 30 things on a to-do list I wanted to do over a Saturday and Sunday and then feeling disappointed and guilty that I'd only done 15 of them by the end of the weekend. And in reality, that's because 30 things on a to-do list is pretty unachievable. And it can actually be really negative for for your productivity if you consistently feel like you're not getting things done. It's, it's quite a like negative feeling, but it doesn't mean that you're not being productive. I think now I'm much better at breaking things down and saying, okay, this is the one big thing I want to do this weekend. And here are five or six other smaller things. Then I get them done and I feel a lot better. I think really keeping your to-do list focused rather than overwhelming yourself with a huge list is really important. Totally. I'm someone who has to write everything down. Like if I don't add it to my to-do list... I will not remember to do it. But what I do is I have kind of two to-do lists. So I have on my notepad, I have like the things I want to do today, but then I have other things. I know I need to do that week, but maybe aren't urgent for today. So I, I'll still remember to do them. And every morning I can see if I need to move anything across. But it means that on that day, I've just got that kind of edited list of top priorities. And if I get through them all, brilliant, I can bring other stuff across. Yeah. But I- it's that thing of managing your own kind of expectations of what you can achieve and doing fewer things really well than trying to do everything and not giving anything 100%. Yeah, I actually have the exact same thing. I have a to-do list on my phone, which is kind of everything that I know I need to get done at some point. 
And then I have a to do tomorrow list, which is the one that I put together for, okay, when I get up on Saturday morning, this is what I'm going to get started on for the blog or for photos and things like that. And it's so much less overwhelming. And like you said, if you get things done, then I'll go to the other to do list and I feel even better because I've moved on to the second to do list. Oh, it just makes you, it just makes it all so much more manageable as well. And it keeps that productive mindset because I very much subscribe to the idea of like if you're, busy and you're like in the motion of doing stuff you'll stay in that motion yeah um I actually listened to a really interesting podcast episode with Oprah about that whole thing so I'll leave that linked for anyone who's interested in it but it is that idea of like when you start doing productive things and you get into that rhythm and you start ticking stuff off it's much easier to stay in that mindset yeah so you kind of have to then play on that and work out how you can make sure you're staying in that mindset for as long as possible and if that's having those quick wins and ticking off those things you then feel so much more capable of achieving more or at least I know I do yeah I think kind of giving yourself that positive reinforcement of when you've ticked off tasks is a really important kind of feeling for your own kind of mental well-being to realize that you're getting things done and that's just reminded me that in the morning as well as like small wins and stuff but when I first go into the office there's the Australian coffee culture is very interesting to me and people go out for coffee at about 10 a.m and they'll be gone for half an hour 40 minutes and they just they just go this is this is a whole story for another time um because (laughs) that baffles me that you're just disappearing from work for 40 minutes and it's not your lunch but anyway they all go and the office gets incredibly quiet and I don't really drink coffee. It's an unnecessary expenditure for me to go and buy one every day. So I use that 40 minutes and I call it my power hour, but it's not always an hour. But I think if you can have a power hour at the start of the day, absolutely in your own zone, like you said, put your earphones in, get as much done in that hour with your phone off or the internet disabled, whatever works. And just say, that's, this is the hour I'm going to, 100% focus on as much as possible, get as many things done as possible. After that hour, go and have a break, go and grab a cup of tea, reward yourself, have a quick scroll if you really want to. But having that one hour of focus for me when no one else is around and I can get so much done, again, sets me up so well for the rest of the day. I'm like, this is great. I feel so positive. I'm on a roll. It makes such a difference, I think. Like, I love to do that. Like, just give myself... And sometimes it can't be an hour, but maybe it's half an hour. So I'm just going to try and get as much done as I can before I go into this meeting. And it's so good for your mindset. Another thing that isn't... It's not something I do very often because I don't find it... I don't find I can do it at work because I need to constantly, like, get updates on projects and stuff. But one tip I heard, and I do sometimes do it with my phone is turning off notifications so that you have to actively go into your inbox. So maybe you only check your emails from 9 till 10, again at lunchtime, and then in the middle of the afternoon. But outside of those times, you're not getting constant pings saying, oh, do this and do that. And you're not getting reminders to, like, you're not getting people pest you with other questions and things to do. Yeah. Because you you can just focus on what you've got to do. Yeah, I think I've heard that before and it's it's less overwhelming as well if you are kind of scheduling in, okay, I'll only check my notifications and my inbox at this time, this time, this time. I think it's definitely 
Because I know I get that teeny little bit of anxiety every time I see an email pop up. Or it's that thing that Outlook does when, you know, and you've had your, um, you've not been able to open up your new emails and it just comes out saying you have a number of unread items in your inbox. I'm like, oh my oh, God. God. I would so much rather just open up my inbox afresh and have them come in and just have this notification looming in the corner telling me I have a number of un- unread emails. <laughs> That's so true. Although I think the really important thing here, and obviously we've spoken about time blocking, but I actually think it's really important in that time blocking to schedule in your downtime as well. I think yes, people 100%. do not do that enough. And because there's this kind of association with time blocking and to-do lists that you have to be go, go, go all the time. Obviously that's not healthy. And if you are being productive and getting loads of things done, then you do need a break. Your brain needs a rest. So what I've definitely, definitely gotten better at doing, I was, I was better at it in the UK than I am here actually, which is interesting, but I will time block my entire day, even including anything social in the evening, because that that's still an activity and we've spoken about it before social events can still be draining and kind of another tiring part of your day if that means you then go home and you schedule in an hour to watch some Netflix or watch a movie whatever it is make sure you are scheduling that time just for you because you need that as much as you need the productivity time totally and also on that when you have social things or you have to get somewhere even if it's just meetings one thing that you can I know you can do it in gmail to like set for smart I think they're called smart meetings so it tells you to go five minutes early and it tells you to like wrap up the meeting five minutes early so you're never late for your next one but even if you don't do that and it's just like you're blocking in time for like traveling somewhere it sounds really silly if you've got a really busy day and loads to do if you put in your diary oh you meet for dinner at 7 p.m put it in at 6 30 and give yourself that half an hour and then you just don't have to worry about it like you can plan everything that bit more clearly in your mind yeah well outlook automatically like the standard setting on outlook is to set the reminder for 15 minutes before so yeah I love yeah so if you have a meeting at 10 a.m it's going to remind me at 9 45 and I think right 15 minutes I wrap up the tasks that I'm doing now. I go to the toilet. I grab a cup of tea. Just sit for a couple of minutes and then I'm ready and prepared. I'm in the meeting room and I f- feel pretty relaxed and ready to focus on the next task. And I, that's really helpful as well. Definitely. It just gets you in the right mindset, I think, for going on to the next thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that covers everything that we want to wanted to talk about on productivity. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. Obviously, there was a lot of interest in our organization episode so we hope that this one kind of goes alongside that if you haven't listened to our organization episode please do go back and listen it's quite it was one of our earlier ones wasn't it actually yeah I, th- I want to say it was episode 13 but I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head <laughs> but yeah I think definitely going back if you need some inspiration for some more organization um yeah there's plenty of tips in that episode as well so do give it a listen and as always if you have any tips or anything that you do for productivity habits or organization we would love to hear them you can get in contact with us uh by email which is 20s are hard at gmail.com or get in touch on instagram which is at 20s are hard um, we really hope you've enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and rate us if you've really enjoyed this because it does make a huge difference and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks time bye, bye.